Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest. Mm -hmm. This dude is a rookie loan officer. He is in his second year in the mortgage industry. His name is James. We call him Jimmy. He is on pace, currently in the lead to be Waterstone Mortgage's Rookie of the Year. He is averaging over a million dollars a month in production, and he has agreed to come sit in the hot seat and be interviewed so we can all figure out what in the hell is he doing, how in the hell is he doing it, and how can we be more like him? Jimmy Nadu, thank you for being a guest on the Lone Officer Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's very... Uh very big honor for myself to have. Yeah, it's a little surreal for you, huh? Yeah, yeah. I remember listening to these and watching all these walking the dog late at night when I was thinking about coming here and interviewing and uh, thinking, man, one day I'll be on the podcast and here I am. Yeah, so uh, full disclosure, I talk about Jimmy on the podcast many times. Yep. Um, so if you ever hear me like mention Jimmy, Jimmy the Rookie LO, it wasn't me just making someone up. Like I once once talked about a listener named Brian. Full disclosure, I'm going to let a secret out. Brian's my childhood best friend who's a Border Patrol agent who lives in San Diego. Yeah. I once may have said, oh, yeah, Brian in San Diego. Yeah, that, that was kind of made up um, mm -hmm. based on him. But Jimmy's real. Yep. Um, and Jimmy was referred to come work at Waterstone with us to become our next rookie loan officer because he witnessed his, technically, it's your wife's brother-in-law. Yep. What you call him your brother-in-law. <laughs> Mike Williams absolutely crush it after leaving the car industry after five years. Yeah. And how did that transpire? How did Mike convince you to come into the mortgage industry? Like, what was his pitch? He sent me a couple of his commission checks. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Did he, he really? Me, he's like, check this out. No, it was more about the uh, flexibility and freedom. You know, Mike had a couple small children born and was working the car dealership circuit, working five, six days a week, but until nine o'clock at night. Then we had family time. I was working in a corporate job, but in a service industry, and it was seven to five, Monday through Friday, and we were just it wasn't working with kids. And okay. So here, come on, you can do this. You know how to do it, and you can make a lot of money. What, what was was the money the most intriguing aspect, or was it a part of the industry that the money was nice, but there had to be more behind it for you? Yeah. Money and flexibility, right? Is what I heard thus far. Yes, and really the most most important thing was that. I love to help people and take care of solutions or problems and provide solutions. And I can make this much where I was or that much doing the same level of service here with a larger transaction and affect somebody's life to a higher degree. So okay. no brainer. Let's um let's talk about that a little bit. Will you I don't know how the audio is, maybe get a little closer to the mic. Okay. Yep. There you go. If that's okay. Yep. Okay. Um I tend to scream though and be very loud. That's all right. Um and it always you know what? Maybe you should sit back to make it hard on JC when he goes to edit the audio. Yeah, well, I was a little sick, so I'm kind of, yeah. you know, a little under weather, but all right. No, but, um, you know, talking about what did, what was it? Like, Mike, your mm. brother-in-law, came from car sales. Yeah. Did you come from a sales background? What what were you doing prior to the mortgage industry? So, um, prior to this job, I worked for Cummins Diesel Engine Company, Cummins Engine Company. And I worked at the Orlando Distribution Branch, and I was in charge of the service operations for mobile service, for field service. I was a field service supervisor. I started there as a service advisor, worked my way up to that. Um, that involves, we have five guys in the service trucks that run around and fix everything. And we can get deeper into it, but you're basically servicing people and you're selling 
service sales. Okay, so if someone has a Cummings diesel engine, yep. I think of like motorhomes, I yep. think of generators mm -hmm. at like grocery stores, exactly. I think of, um, I don't know, someone driving a Peterbilt Mack truck or something. That's right. Probably, I guess Peterbilt and Mack are competitors, right? They're yeah, not the same. They're competitors. But, but okay. Yep, you, yeah, okay so their engine breaks. Yep. You had a team member go out to fix it. Yeah. So okay. on the fuel service, uh, we were a little more high profile. Probably the largest piece of equipment I could think of that gets the most shock is the space crawler that NASA owns that moves the, the rocket out. Yes. It has four 60-liter uh, V16 Cummins engines on it to run it. Okay. It's very big. Okay. And so when that breaks, they call Jimmy. Yeah. And they don't and they don't just call like we need next week. It's right now. Yes. Or a hospital has certain generator um, parameters they have to meet. If it breaks, big, big, big contracts, big, big, you know, uh, pressure on the line. So you don't get to call anybody else. They call me and that's it. I don't have I have engineering resources and I had it. That's my uh, my advantage. But I can't say sorry, I can't help you. Okay, so you are used to being resourceful. You're used to problem solving. You're used to the client's always right. Under pressure. And and doing it all under pressure yep. while having to do it at the highest level of service because people used you for that. Yep. I'm sure there's other people that can fix those engines. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, now you could argue that a, a gentleman driving his RV with his family at Fort Wilderness at Disney, he thinks he's just as important as the yes. generator at, 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 at Florida House. Hospital yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So um, we kind of had to work with that. So that was a lot of the people aspect of it. Um, before that, I worked at car dealers in service department, and that was an amazing way to kind of cut your teeth as far as dealing with objection. And somebody rolls in and you need tires. Just trying to sell them tires. You know, no one, no one goes home and posts on social media, bought some new Michelins today. Yeah. Like, that's not it. They post, bought a new home, and host housewarming presents and all that. But you dealt with objection of service sales for people that really know they need to do it but don't want to do it. and Yeah, like, hey, bro, your water pump's getting ready to go. Exactly. Hey, you actually need to flush out your transmission. Yeah. And all they see is, Jimmy, why are you trying to sell me another $600 in repairs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't, you know, they never budgeted time or the money into it. So uh, that job gave me very thick skin, gave me good rebuttals, gave me good clarity. We're not trying to sell you tires, trying to keep your family safe. I love it. How long How long were you a service uh, advisor for on the auto side? Four years, I became a service manager, and then I left, and then I came back into another dealer for two years. Okay, so I was today years old when I learned that about you. Yeah. Like, I always knew you as, you know, you managing five service reps for, mm -hmm. for Cummings, mm -hmm. but never that. And it makes sense now. Your success that you're having early on is making sense because you did come with a service sales background, yep. right? Like we have rookie LOs who come in through our program who are great salesmen and great saleswomen, mm -hmm. but they fail. Sometimes mm -hmm. they fail liking the industry. They don't fail like they're not having successful calls, but they have to understand they're not selling a product. That's it's right. not like selling life insurance where I make a phone call, uh, I make a pitch, you decide yes or no. If you decide yes, sign here, I get my commission check. Yep. It's not like my friend who sells IT training where he reaches out and convinces someone that they need to spend the money to have their staff trained, mm -hmm. sign here, get you enrolled in class, boom, I get a commission check. Because mm -hmm. the mortgage industry, the way that I see it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it is service, right? You can get a mortgage online, yeah. at Walmart, at Costco, from your bank, from your credit union. Yep. You can get a mortgage just about anywhere. Yep. But who's gonna do the, do the mortgage the right way or give you the best options or get it done in a manner that um, 
is on par with your expectations. Yes, very much so. And also, is it gonna is it gonna fly? Is it gonna close? So I remember when I interviewed with you, I told you my hobby is is to build engines, performance engines or car stuff. And alone is very much like an engine. If if I assemble an engine, and I miss one one bolt, or I don't torque something right, or I don't install the right part or a new part or replace something, it might not start. Worst case scenario, you know that's best case scenario. Worst case, it starts up and it destroys itself within seconds. So alone, if every item is not checked and done, it's not going to go. So okay, this is all making sense. You're a yeah. thorough person who's used to having to do large projects mm -hmm. where details matter. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about your first year. So you got started in the mortgage industry. Was it January, or February of last year? It was February. February, February. of 2021. Yeah. That's right. So essentially. For those tuning in, the way that I would describe it is Jimmy was in his licensing from February through about May, right? May mm -hmm. 1 is probably when you were like, hey, let's release you to the streets. Mm -hmm. So if I really want to look at it that way, we're coming up on May 1, yep. right? Like, in fact, when this episode drops, it'll be like May 2, Okay. May 2, May 3. I think May 3rd is when this episode is going to drop. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that because my wife just sent me, we use cozy as the family calendar. Oh yeah. She just sent yep. me a cozy calendar invite that I guess we're going to the beach on May 1st, which is a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I know that JC drops these episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Okay. And I know that we just literally laid down a fire episode about my trip to DC and mm -hmm. advocating on behalf of, of Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you, you are going to be Jimmy May 3rd. <laughs> um is going to be you know how to become a successful loan originator listen to listen to jimmy's story yeah. and that's what i'm really hoping today is because although you're not out of the woods yet right you're you're um like if if you were a pregnant woman we'd say that you're oh month eight you yeah, know like yeah, yeah. like you look baby's full term we don't, don't not worry about too many issues but we would like to get you to like month nine, month nine and a half. Mm -hmm. Um because I tell anyone who's willing to listen, it takes two years. Period. Yeah. End of story. Yep. Um and you you signed on the dotted line to to come on board in February. You had some training that you had to go through. Yep. Let's say your first six weeks or eight mm -hmm. weeks was done there. By May one you hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. So you're a full year into this. Calendar year twenty twenty two. By the way, I hear people crying about how hard it is. Interest rates are skyrocketed. There's no inventory. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to me, I'd be like, yes, mm -hmm. this is the best time to launch your career. Mm -hmm. Yes, this year is going to make sure you become great. Mm -hmm. what, your production through through four months, you're averaging how much in production? Right at a million a month. Right at a million a month. How many units is that? Uh, I think 19. Okay. No, no. Through four months. Yeah, four so months. you're four units. You're, yeah. Four, four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah four. You're, you're, a little, you're yeah. somewhere between four to five units a month. Yep. You're somewhere about a million dollars a month, mm -hmm. right? You're you're a rookie loan officer. This is your first full calendar year, yep. right? That's how I I, I do it. A rookie, your rookie year is your first full calendar year. Mm -hmm. So yes, yeah, someone like you who started uh, going through the licensing and training aspect in February and launched your career in March, mm -hmm. you definitely have a leg up on someone who started in October, right? Because your rookie year is basically the following full calendar year. Sure. But you're averaging a million a month for units. But how many of those are refis, Jimmy? Uh, one. One. One refinance. Yeah. Yeah. One refinance out of those 19 loans that you've done. But you probably just started off really strong. It, you're probably going to fade because, man, rates shot up and it's, it's tough out there. What does next month look like for you? Yeah, I'm sitting somewhere a million and a half, 1.6. million and a half, right? You told yeah. me I was, I was uh, getting ready. You're like, hey, I just got a new contract in. I sure did. Yeah, yep. that's fantastic. Um, 
how about the paychecks? Like, is, is next month's paycheck going to be your biggest one ever? Um, it will be within a few hundred dollars of the last four months' paychecks or six months. It have been the biggest ever. Okay, so, so basically since about December, yeah. every paycheck that you've been cashing yep. has been your best one. So I have a funny story about that. Okay. I, I didn't even tell you this, but um, <clears throat> when I came – my first loan closed on November, I'm sorry, May 21st. Okay. The last year. My daughter was born on May 20th. I was in the hospital when it closed. So my wife was seven months pregnant when I came to work here. Um, we knew that it was going to be all on me to do it. Goal is to, to, for her to retire. She worked for a local hospital. And, has she? Um, she has. Yeah, how cool is that? I, I don't, yeah. I, I want to unpack that. Like, I yeah. don't want to just gloss past it. Yeah. So, again, tuning in your story, but as I hear it, you onboarded a new career that was 100% commission, launching your own business, and your wife was seven months pregnant. Yeah. Okay. All I hear is, yes, you can. Yep. Right? If you want to, you will. Mm -hmm. Closed your first loan the day before your daughter was born? Day after. Day after because, your daughter was born. And it wasn't even this day of, but it's... Yep. Yeah. And and fully acknowledge going into that, that you were doing this mm -hmm. so that your wife could stay home because your daughter's not your only, right? You have two others. Yeah, that's correct. We have a 12-year-old, 6-year-old, and a she'll be one in four weeks yeah, it should be one it should be one <laughs> next month yes yeah. um that's fantastic okay so you're you're talking about you close your yeah. first loan in may yep yeah. so um when i came i had some savings and i i cashed out a my 401k from cummins and all said and done i, I had about fifteen thousand dollars was what the check was okay and i saw the check in the in the junk drawer in the kitchen last week i said oh when did waterstone start sending checks that was exactly the amount of almost the almost the dollar of what I made in one month was my four hundred one k nest egg I cashed out. Wow! <laughs> like so, wow. it obviously paid off. Yeah, you know, but so. that's and, and that's awesome. So like you started in February, mm -hmm. you didn't start seeing the good checks until December, or was it January? Based on December's production, it was in December. Was a bad story. December was a zero. So, okay, but um, it's okay. You don't remember because we were both. Um, you might remember we were both in excellent shape after our. Um, our party in in a sales rally and we were riding around a golf cart golfing i said oh this hit a million for my first month and that was in september or october okay so november was the first big oh, okay so so your first like oh my gosh i've never made this much money in one month was november yeah but december was a crash which by the way that's that's typical for someone newer yeah. in their career yeah. like a younger professional it you're going to have bigger peaks and valleys mm -hmm. as you're trying to figure out how to consistently maintain what it takes mm -hmm. to not just get on top, but then stay on top and then grow from there. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, but then since then, your January, February, March, April paycheck. Every mm -hmm. time it cashes, you're like, I never made this much money in one month at any previous job or career I had. That's right. I made almost like you know, fourth grade math, I made half of my income. I used to make Cummins in the first quarter of this year. Wow. So, so, you, okay. Yeah. Like, you throw that out. Like, I mean, it's yes. so by July, yes. so, I should have made that and then double it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so you are on pace, mm -hmm. all things considered to double your income. Yep. And I, and I'm assuming you're still had made a very nice living while working at Cummins. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it was like, Hey, they're paying me 12 bucks an hour to dig ditches. No, I mean, no. you had a leadership position. Yep. You were a manager. Yep. Cummings is a is a worldwide company. Yep. Like, this was a legit full-time career job, something you could have stayed at for another 15, 20 years. Absolutely. Um, but you chose not to. Um, now, don't lie to people, right? You're, you're on here because people want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. They're tired of hearing from me. <laughs> okay. Um, Work-life balance. 
better than before, worse than before, or different? It's different for the better. And okay, explain. So, uh, um, you know, in a service-based job, you're you're at the disposal to the to the to your your client, which we are here as well. But it's and who's your different. client? It, it Cummins. It was more the the whoever had equipment in or what was going on. And okay. that, that business is a, is is a twenty four seven or very early morning. So I get to work at seven fifteen. I'd be late. Okay. Now I wake up. I take the kids. I leave the house at seven thirty to go to school. Take the kids to school. Drop them off. Make a couple phone calls. TBD calls. Realtor calls. On the way home. In my quiet time, come home, have my wife with the baby, get dressed, maybe meet for coffee at a realtor somewhere, and then get to work. And I can come to work and not be late and do my work. I work till five or six here. I go home. I do work at home a lot in the, in the nights. So that's where a little and, bit of the difference is. Okay, so you didn't work at home necessarily when you were in your no, previous no, career. Not really. I mean, if something came through, but it was rare. Yeah, but your previous career, you were in front of your computer, sitting down at your desk by 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, at, I mean, 7.15, you said you were late. Yeah. Okay, where this one gives you the flexibility mm -hmm. to do the dad stuff, mm -hmm. do the good husband stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you're still working a little bit, right? You mentioned mm -hmm. TBD calls. Mm -hmm. We talk about that on, on yep. TLOP. Yep. Uh, you're, doing, you're doing coffees with realtors. Mm -hmm. Okay, so work-life balance, you'd say, is different but for the better. Yeah, and, and I, I like to be able to do – I don't have to be in the office to work. Yes. I can I can – I can also do prequals at three or four in the morning. So when uh, the baby, Olivia is her name, would wake up at, at two or three in the morning. You named your baby? Yeah, no, my wife named the baby. Okay. <laughs> so, Olivia. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I named my son, but she named the daughter. So um, I'd wake up at three in the morning to, to take care of her, and I would jump on the computer and run credit or, or structure deals or do stuff because I was up and able to do it. So what? Um, how did you know that you were – right for this career at what point or are you still trying to figure that out um probably when i figured out a way to use the way i think and the way i like to help people to figure out a complex solution for them for their 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 purchase or whatever it may be um like the refi day was a is a cash out debt consolidation refi they paid off 20 grand in debt much so was that the one refi you did yeah life-changing yeah, he so you changed someone's life. Yeah, he's texting me. I can never repay you. And I said, don't worry about repaying me. The water stuff takes uh, care of that. <laughs> you know, it's a like, nice it's, bottle of bourbon, please. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he's a law enforcement officer, and, and I said, what you do is good for us. And and yeah, so twenty thousand dollars in debt gone, five hundred bucks a month in in um, monthly payments gone, two hundred dollars a month in mortgage reduce, and got him out of a balloon interest only payment. Wow. Or mortgage into yeah. the regular. So it was that transaction that you're like, yeah, I'm 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 doing God's work here. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, that, but but anyway, so like you always say, it's, 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 can you solve problems? One of your earlier podcasts, when I interviewed you, I think it's number 94. It was So You Want to Be a Loan Officer. And in that, so You Want to Be a Loan Officer is actually 41. 41. Okay. Well, whatever 41. 94 is or 90 okay. or is something in that range, um, I it was here and you said, hey, there's one dropping tonight. Yeah. Watch that. Well, it was all about like the Rubik's Cube. Can you can you play a puzzle? Can you do this? I like to say now with today's rates and market, it's Rubik's Cube on a roller coaster because you don't know what's going on. But <laughs> Um, using that type of I like mindset. that. It's yeah. it's doing a Rubik's cube while while at uh, Bush Gardens yeah. on a roller coaster. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, because you never know what's coming. But um, so using that that creative type of mindset to fix a problem. Um, another tagline I have is I, I tell a lot of clients, I'll say, look, you probably don't know what you want to buy. You don't know where it is. You don't know what's going to cost. You don't know when you want to buy it, but you know you want to buy it. Let me help you with that. And that's kind of what it comes down to, where they don't know. Let me pre-qualify you. Let me steer you in the direction of what you can afford. 
and then you can take it from there with your realtor. Was there ever a time that you doubted your decision? You've, you were in my head the other day because um, I had six or seven loans this month and I'm down to two. Yeah. So it was like, okay, everything was going great. And then, but they roll over and we call it deferred comp. Yep, deferred compensation. And I remember you telling me, uh, there's going to be at least one day where me or Ben or David or Mike have to pull you off the, off the ceiling. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going to let that happen to me because I've got more grit than that. And I was like, okay, well, if that was a day for a normal person, that would be today. Yeah, there, look, because there are days that you want to jump out of the yeah. window. There are yeah. days that you're going you're to second guess yourself, mm -hmm. second guess your decision mm -hmm. or um, your worth. Like, oh, my gosh, like, what is it? Uh, those of us that are geared a certain way, I've found those are the days that we actually double down on our efforts. Those are the days that, you know, we, and by the way, we need to go talk to people. Like mm -hmm. that's why you have colleagues or sales managers yep. or, or mentors in the industry, because we've all been there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but I, I've always wondered because, you know, people are tuning in and, you know, unfortunately there's people who are tuned in and they want to be the next you, but they won't be Yeah, like something's going to happen, whether they don't have the fortitude, the aptitude, the attitude, they don't have the staying power, mm -hmm. right? They, whatever it is. And they got their license. They are on Rocky study buddy group. They studied like hell. They passed. They paid for Xenix. And then nine months later, they're back at the dealership. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. It's just, hey, you gave it a go, which is why I'm like, it takes two years. It takes two years. It takes yeah. two years. Yep. Um, and, and I'll tell you, because I've been instrumental in in helping onboard you or, or mm -hmm. shape you. Like, yes, you have a skill set. Like Jimmy, I'll tell you, is good at math. Mm-hmm. He is good at math. The fourth grade math we talk about, this dude knows it mm -hmm. to where I will sit in mortgage school, which, mm -hmm. by the way, I commend you. The type of professional Jimmy is, mortgage school is, he's almost a little bit beyond it, but mm -hmm. he still shows up. Mm -hmm. He still shows up saying, nope, I can learn something. Yep. Right? You still show up to scripting yep. because you're like, no, I can learn something yep. by coming. There's people who are, have, are in the industry for six weeks. They have to be in there. You don't have to, but it shows the type of profession you are, but you are good at, at math to where when you're in mortgage school, or by the way, if people go to tloponline.com, mm -hmm. the loan officer podcast.com, you go to sales tools. Mm -hmm. A lot of the videos that we do in mortgage school, where you hear me talking to the audience, I'm talking to guys like Jimmy or yep. guys and girls just like Jimmy. So sometimes you hear me say, Hey, um, what's 30% of 350? Jimmy, don't answer, right? Because Jimmy can do that math fairly quickly yeah. and, and accurate enough in his head. Mm -hmm. um, was that always a skill set you had, or was that something you had to learn because of prior careers? Yeah, I always kind of had that, but then in, in um, very mechanical is my background, yeah. and it's all numbers. And then um, like a dealership or Cummins, a lot of labor time is split into tens, or you say, hey, this job pays 1.5 and seven and this. So you kind of just adding those basic numbers up real quick and uh, or or time clock. I mean, a lot of people can't figure out tenths of a time clock. No. That okay. six minutes is a Yeah, time. So six minutes is one tenth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is tricky, though. Yeah. That is definitely tricky. Yeah, so I, I think I got the answer I wanted, mm -hmm. which is you may be good at it, but I think it's more learned than it mm -hmm. was God gifted. Yeah. Right? Like, I came from TV advertising and TV advertising. I actually had to skew the Nielsen overnight okay. ratings. Mm -hmm. If, if the market of Atlanta had Nielsen overnight ratings, mm -hmm. but Macon, Georgia did not I would have to compare, well, how does Atlanta viewership for that program typically, um, skew or how does it divide into Macon? And then I had to figure out for an advertiser, Mm -hmm. How many 
eyeballs or viewers watched last night's episode of Survivor. I got you. Right. Yeah. So like, so I just got used to having to, to, to do that and negotiating airtime and, mm-hmm. and because people, when you buy airtime, when you buy TV ads, you're buying views, you're buying eyeballs. Okay. So if, if I sold you X eyeballs and those eyeballs didn't show up that night, you still want the number of eyeballs I, I sold you. Mm-hmm. So I have to make it good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for two or three years. And because I did it as someone's assistant, mm-hmm. that when I started selling on my own, I was better than my peers. And when I got in the mortgage industry, I was better. But never once did I do well in math in school. Gotcha. Like, I mean, I yeah, literally I cheated my way through, through Algebra 1 in high school. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. So, um, but but you do well. And it's people like you that taught me, like, when I talk to others, it's like, look, you have to become good at fourth grade math. Yep. Even if you're not good already. And I just learned this about you. Well, you came from a career where, yes, you're helping people clock in and clock out. Mm-hmm. They had to be able to, you know, divide 60 minutes into tenths mm-hmm. so that's six minutes and you're doing well you know that's awesome that's yeah, that's good to hear i mean even as a young kid i'm going on the road and we've talked about this before i'll see something and be like you know the percent off what's what's 25 percent of this and do that in your head and challenge yourself like i don't like using gps i like to just look at the map and memorize it and go okay uh, if it's somewhere i don't know and it's a very heavy like congested area i use gps but i think that it's a crutch and you lean on that and i think calculators are a crutch you lean on as well they're good for the final number but you should have a general idea so I do that. So you mentioned driving. It's so funny. Yep. I, I've always done it like for two decades now. I'm like, OK, if it says it's 200 miles to get to Jacksonville and I do 80 miles an hour, mm-hmm. then how many you know, how many hours or minutes is it going to take me to get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, yeah. And I'm like, OK, well, you know, 80, I need to 80 goes into 200. How many times? Mm-hmm. And it goes, I was like, OK, well, it's going to take me whatever, two hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, like, what, huh? Yeah. How'd you convert two point four to? Yeah, to, yep. you know, So yeah, you... so but but you know, that's something that any any person who's new to the industry, they're in the industry, but they still struggle with this math. It's thinking of it outside of yep. the mortgage industry. Do it in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Try to calculate the amount of time it's going to take you to drive from one place to another place. Yep. Try to calculate when you're at Nordstrom Rack and you're shopping the yep. sale rack. Mm-hmm. By the way, that is how uh, how how. Uh, frugal I can become mm-hmm. that not only do I shop at Nordstrom rack versus Nordstrom, but then I shop the, sh- the, the sale rack. Sale rack. Yeah. Yeah. Course, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what, what's some good advice that you would have to younger, newer mortgage professionals? It, it could be like right now they might not be newer and younger. They may be older than you and been doing the business longer than you, mm-hmm. but they've been doing nothing but refis the past three years. So based on my background and my family background, which I haven't touched on both, both grandparents, both sides were small business owners. Okay. So we had a lot of that. Um, kind of became the person that has to do it. There's no one else to call. And when I heard at Cummins, we were talking about the Florida Hospital or Evan Health, whoever they call by their generator. I don't say, oh, you know, we're too busy next. Like, you get on that. You have to fix it. You can't bypass that. Or the car dealers, you can't send a car somewhere else. It comes to you. So when I have a loan, there's no option but to fix it. You grind it out and you figure it out. I would say that's the number one thing is have that grit to figure out that there's a way to do it. Look around your office. I look at Kevin Murphy's and and, and Ben's and Patrick's and Casey and Aaron Duba. People have been on the podcast and you and Holbrook. It's all been done. I can promise you whatever I'm going through, you guys have been through it. Just keep moving forward. Don't yep. stop. Um, no, that's great advice. Like at the end of the day, like my word I use is resourceful. Yeah. Like, are you resourceful? Because mm-hmm. what I heard you say is no one's going to do it for you. That's right. Your family, you come from a family yep. of small business owners. Yep. Whereas the small business owner, this is yours. Yep. 
you are the head of all these departments, yeah, right. sales, marketing, mm-hmm. loan, loan structuring, mm-hmm. loan origination. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also sometimes the service department if something goes wrong mm-hmm. or sideways. Mm-hmm. And you're also the customer service department. Yep. Um, but what about when it comes to lead generation? Because right? oh. you, you gave me a very specific answer, which I appreciate, which is when you have a loan, take ownership. Yep. Don't expect someone else to figure it out. You figure it out. Then mm-hmm. go to your resources to to either validate your thoughts or to help you get past sticking points. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, really, I just follow along with everything that, that I've been blessed you've taught me with. I'm sure it's all on TLOP on, online, past videos. Um, you just start working your network, your database, your your clients. If you get a deal, you work both sides of that. You impress the listing agent, impress title, whoever you can, and um, just be accessible, be nice, be personable, be compassionate, but be of the authority. Ooh, so I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had someone say, especially younger in their career, be the authority. You are the authority. Mm-hmm. Right? You, I don't care if you've been in the business for 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know more than 98% of the American populace when it comes to home loans, yep. especially if you're licensed and you went through a course like Zenix or your company offered you some Zenix style training. Mm-hmm. You might not have the, the experience, mm-hmm. but you have the knowledge yeah. and you need to act that way. Um, I do appreciate the shout outs because you are correct. After 220 plus episodes somewhere, there's probably a dozen episodes that will teach you mm-hmm. how to do the business. Yep. And you're living proof that what is taught works. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, we got a puppy during COVID. We got a puppy and we got a baby and a few pounds, you know, yep. the whole COVID trifecta. And I'd walk this German shepherd every night since the morning and listen to the podcast, listen to things and, and it's the same message, and it's a good message. It's just putting it into practicality. How yeah. do you do it? And so, so you haven't gone out and and swallowed some kind of a magic pill, and you haven't invented a new way of doing things. No, but I haven't paid a single dollar for a lead either. Ooh, I like that. How much money have you spent on leads, Jimmy? Uh, zero. Zero dollars. Zero is my favorite price. John Coleman yeah. always says, "If it's free, it's for me." Yeah, and 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 obviously, every realtors ask, "Hey, can you help me out with this or that?" And I'll tell them. My service is getting your loan closed, helping you put more money in your pocket, helping you get deals, following your leads up. We have great systems to track leads and, and never forget about them. But let me help you close a loan. And when you send me a buyer or, or a contract, go find another one. I'll take care of it. Yeah. I don't need you worrying about it. I'll update you. I'll update the listing agent. I'll update title. I'll update everybody. And that, I feel, is worth more than, than uh, the price of leads. Yes, I would 100% agree with you. You mm-hmm. were coached very well. And you're a great student <laughs> for following that direction. And so, I'm not saying that purchasing leads or doing Zillow co mm-hmm. and marketing doesn't work because it does. Mm-hmm. But that's not how you have built your business. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you rate yourself in terms of going on your sales calls today versus just a year ago? Like, can you go back a year ago and describe the emotions and what you've thought, felt, and how you tackled, tackled yeah. your first sales calls. Yeah, you're a little nervous at first. I mean, school calling always is not good. I try to do warm calls, try to find a reason to call, uh, whether it be somebody that we worked with in the past or or somebody that maybe has worked with Waterstone and the loan originator's not here anymore. And okay. we have an option to, to kind of rekindle that relationship. Um, but I remember I came in here the first time I got a realtor to meet with me. I was all excited about it. Like, oh, my gosh, they actually do want to meet with me. And you come into business and you think that there's – Nobody out there looking for a loan. There's no realtors looking for new lenders, and that's just not the reality. Say that again. You come into business thinking that nobody's looking for a loan, and there's not a realtor looking for a new lender partner, and that's not the reality. 
thank you for saying that yeah. because we, I, mean, I try to stay fairly active in my communication and my accessibility to the viewers and listeners, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, I hear that a lot. Or mm -hmm. I, I hop on YouTube or I go on, on TLOP and mm -hmm. we have the, the online community or YouTube, they have uh, the comment section. And people are like, oh, you know, can't do that. No, no realtor wants to talk to a lender in today's market. I'm like, no, nah, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. And it's great to hear it from you because you're like, look, I'm out there doing it. Well, I'm out there doing it. And yes, people hang up on me. And yes, people don't yeah. call me back. And yes, people don't return my text message. But there are people out there who do. You just have to put forth the effort to find them. Yep. And then obviously, if you continue to grind, mm -hmm. um, you will. Yep. And How, uh, um, what was your best strategy when you look at the three or four best referral relationships that you yeah. currently have? Mm -hmm. How did you build those four? Well, this is where I departed a little bit from from um, our our coaching. Okay. Is I kind of let it more organically grow where I didn't didn't shove my services yep. towards them. Like, oh, let's meet, let's meet. It was like, hey, uh, one of my best referral partners, he, I mean, it's, we do a lot of business now. And how'd you meet him? I met him through a another realtor on a listing site. said, hey, call Jimmy at Waterstone. I know them, they get weird things fixed. So I talked to him for probably two months and he'd call me, kind of, kind of as his backup. Like, yeah. hey, does this sound right? Does this sound right? And then he had a rescue deal. I said, can you fix it? And so I can. And we've been hooked up ever since. Okay, We're, so so here's what I hear. So it came from another realtor referred him. Mm -hmm. He reached out to you. Obviously, you picked up, so you were accessible. Yep. And the conversation he had with you was good enough for him to keep calling you. Yep. But you didn't get referrals right away. No, and, and I didn't. And I didn't push him. I, I you know little hints like, hey man, you know I can do easy loans too, and yeah, you know send me one. And, oh yeah, I will, I will. But it wasn't a, um, a cold call of like, I'm the best ever, use me, let's meet for coffee, let's meet. I, I didn't puke all over them as far as trying to, to get them to, to use me. I tried to offer them service and value. And, but you met him through a realtor. How did yes. you meet that realtor? Um, another similar situation. So, and actually that realtor, then we met face to face, but he sends me stuff all the time and different people. So. And then how did you meet the realtor who, 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 <laughs> I mean, cause it's. Okay, this, all right, this so, is how it so works. this is how it works. So that realtor actually I met because she called in here, or they did, and you sent me an email on a, on a Easter or Labor Day weekend, Friday night, and said, hey, do you want to look at this? I said, sure. Yeah. And I called. So, yeah, so, yeah, so your sales manager had someone reach out to him, yep. and he was like, I can't be bothered with this. Who's, yeah. who's the rookie in the office? Who's, yeah. Who's going to be young, hungry, and aggressive? He yep. said, yeah, I'll tackle this. Yep, and I've got three or four realtors out of it and closed probably seven or eight loans out of that one, that and one thing. And that's how it works. Yep. Like when you hear me tell my story, her name is Viviana. Mm -hmm. I thought she was the bee's knees. I thought she was hot shit. Mm -hmm. I got her to meet with me and she said, can I bring Yen Yao? And I was just like, I was like, no, actually I wasn't that way because I was young and broke. And I'm thinking that's another $15. Right? Oh, Back then yeah. lunches weren't $25, only $15. That's another yeah. $15 yeah, yeah. That, that I'm gonna have to spend, right? And I just assumed um, I'm like, yeah, and this guy probably works with a lot of investors or a lot of foreign buyers. And that's mm -hmm. just not, I don't, it's not my clientele, not what I'm looking yeah. to do more of. Super long story short, Viviana ended up being um, not in real estate for long. Mm -hmm. She didn't sell that many homes. Mm -hmm. Yen is still today one of my favorite people ever. He is the consummate more, uh, real estate professional. Mm -hmm. He is the type of realtor I would want to be. Mm -hmm. Yen then introduced me to Susan. Susan to Jenny. Jenny to George, yeah. George to Ronnie, Ronnie to Rusty. And all of a sudden yeah. I went from a barely able to pay my bills 
loan officer who's driving around Orlando with a for sale sign in his in his uh, uh, sport track. Mm-hmm. His student loans deferred and his cable shut off mm-hmm. to be able to call my wife and say, honey, we can turn the cable back on. That's yeah. a true story. Yeah. Actually, she called me and said, hey, the cable company just called and they're offering us free HBO for a year. I've been there. And I was like, <laughs> I go, I think we can do it. Yep. How much? A hundred bucks a month. I go, sold. Sold. Right? Like, yep. But it's that easy. But what you have to do is not get discouraged, not have those self-limiting beliefs. That's right. The self-doubt. Get out there and do it. And if you and I love how you described it because you like you talked about being comparing. Uh, I mean, compassionate, compassionate mm-hmm. and caring mm-hmm. and you know all the personality traits. Mm-hmm. Honest yourself. Yep. Accessible. Mm-hmm. Willing to uh, answer questions, even if you don't know the answer. Saying, "Hey, I don't know the answer, but let me get back to you." That was the biggest thing. I I knew I could do that, and I thought that was going to be the hardest thing to, to 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 tell, whether it be a realtor or a client or anybody on the phone. And I would tell anybody starting out, use that. Tell people that they will appreciate that more than you giving them some sort of line or. I mean, tell them you don't know. Yeah. So, Is there a certain way that you would tell someone you didn't yeah, know the answer? Yeah, of course. I say so. If it's if it's um, if it's a question about income, I say, man, that's that's a pretty impressive income. Um, Congratulations on that. It's first for me. Let me double check on that. Actually, I had it last night. I have a, a traveling nurse, but she's not a traveling nurse. She kind of is. She left the hospital, works for a staffing company, but is W-2. She's not 1099, which we know mm-hmm. puts me in a self-employed borrower. And I said, let me check with Unarray to make sure I can use your $90 an hour income when you were making $20 an hour before. Yeah. And, you know, because we're going to buy a pretty nice house. And... I, I complimented her on what she's doing and her income, but also said, I have no idea if I can use this at yeah. the same time. Nice. And, and she's all about it. So yeah. I mean, I've always been a big fan of telling someone, like, look, the, the guidelines on that recently changed. Yep. Instead of me guessing, let me go pull up. I'm, yep. I'm sure I have an email that I read a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, yep. but let me pull that back up. Or, like, I like what you said. Ooh, that's a very unique scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm not <clears> one who likes to guess. I'm one who likes to know, mm-hmm. and I have a phenomenal branch manager or sales manager. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna loop in an expert um, so we can put our brains together and yeah. give you the right answer. And if you think about it, doctors do this, mm-hmm. right? Well, I don't know. Let me call in the surgeon. I don't know. Let me yeah, call le, le, yeah. Let me call in the specialist. Yep. Yep. All they need to know is that you have access to other doctors. You have access to specialists. Yep. So that so that you can overcome it. Yeah. What are some things that we haven't covered yet, Jimmy? That you were hoping to make sure that we did talk about today? Um, really want to go over the the uh, take the approach that you are the final answer. You are the or you are the the solution. Now sometimes you have to I call it Finkel. You know, punt it. Like you have to punt it away. Yeah. If it's a I asked you about Canadian loan the other day, and you're like. Yeah, by the way, Ray Ray, Ray Finkel, Ray Finkel, yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's uh, coming from Ace Ventura Pet Detective. That's right. Laces out, Dan. (laughs) Okay. All right. So so you call it the Finkel. Yeah. So um, get rid of that one. And he is doing TD Bank. You know, but for that, the realtor, I kind of called BS. I said, man, this doesn't pass the sniff test. And they got mad at me. And now even more clout is the word he uses that I have now because I discovered a problem before. And he was pre-approved with somebody else. And it was a junk pre-approval. Oh, so it saved them from uh, $800,000 embarrassment. Yeah. So um, and because that realtor reputation is on the line with that community. Anyway, so um, don't think that this is beneath you. Don't think that, um, oh, I'll send this one somewhere else. Figure a way out. Remember, there's people on the backside of these loans. There's there's families, there's sellers, there's buyers. And many times you're you are changing people's lives. I bought homes and before I was in this business and it's it's nerve-wracking 
and remember that, keep people updated. So um, I also did bring a prop today. And, uh, oh, you brought a prop? Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't fit on the table though, yeah. unfortunately. So, what is that that you have? This is the golden shovel. Okay. And um, Is that an award that, that you were given? Yeah, it's an award and, and it's a certain shape. Okay. <laughs> so it's not a, this is not a ditch digging shovel. This is a. Uh, that's a manure shovel. That's, that's correct. That's what that is, Jimmy. Manure, manure that, that's yeah. what you use to muck out a stall. Yep. yep. Okay. So <clears throat> put the neck over there. How, how'd you get that? So I've actually been awarded that twice now. Um, okay. I think it's kind of like a, a parody award, but it was pretty nice to get the first time around. You get that by having a loan that is a. It's a flaming turd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's a doable loan. Yeah, yeah. It's a doable loan. Yeah. It's some. It's like you just told me. Yeah. It's a human being on the line. Yeah. It's two realtors who are looking for a commission check. Mm-hmm. It's a title company looking to provide a service and get paid. It's a seller who wants to get paid. Yeah. And more importantly, or equally as importantly, it's a buyer who wants that property. Yeah. And they don't have enough money to pay cash, so they're using financing. Yeah. But mm, they may be difficult to qualify. Oh, yeah. So There's lots of, as I would say, Ooh, there's lots of moving parts. Yep. There's yep. lots of moving parts on this one. So that the shovel was awarded to me um, the first time. Uh, I think it was my second loan to close. So it was it would have been April of last year. And with that story, I said the agent and the agent and the agent and the agent the lead on that loan. And it was a big mess with a property that the owner had gone to jail for embezzlement and they didn't have the funds. Long story. We made it happen and we put a family in a home that was going to be homeless. Was this one at which the seller had to sign in prison? No, okay. that was the ultimate golden shovel. Yeah, that, that's Murphy. another loan officer. Yeah. That's another loan officer had that one where literally the seller was in prison. I think, there's, and we found a way to get it done. Yeah, I think there's trademark, or, or we can't talk about it because it's been we can't. on it's yes. Been national news. Yes, TV. we can't. Yeah. We, 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 we can't, and we won't talk about it. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, that that is a rite of passage. Yep. Um, and and that to me, as a manager, proves to me that as a salesperson, you're out there. And you're finding a way to yes. Yeah, yeah. You are finding a way to yes. We do use it a little bit to poke fun at the loan officer for bringing that loan in the door. Mm-hmm. It is used to celebrate the processor and underwriter. And sometimes it's multiple processors, multiple underwriters, plus processing managers and VP of operations. And sometimes yeah. even our COO has to get involved in that file. Yeah. But we found a way to yes. We, we're we trying to change the world one client at a time in this yep. industry. Yep. Yep. What, um, what do you see the future looking like for you? Well, I want to go back to the shovel. Oh, okay. okay. You can't get a golden shovel unless you close a loan. Okay. So you have to close loans. Yes. With shovel. So yeah. to get so you're it, proud of that. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's your I am. That you know you're closing loans. Yeah. For absolutely. me, for me, it would be your paycheck. But well, sure. <laughs> but yeah, that shovel comes with a nice commission check and all yes. that. And it's a little bit of a joke. And obviously, in a couple of years, I probably have a different different take. And yeah. and some of the guys around his office probably laugh at my paycheck. But that's for me. It's a big deal. So it is a big deal. Well, and no, and yeah, it's no one should laugh at it, especially knowing where you are in your career. Absolutely. I'm, I'm more curious, where do you want to go? All right, so in um, the, where's the, the, the market for us? It was a question you no, asked? No, you, Jimmy Nadu. Oh. Um, Year and a half into your mortgage career, mm-hmm. closing a million dollars a month, making mm-hmm. more money per month than you're ever used to. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to take your career? Well, um, really motivated after going to our Momentum Sales Conference in Nashville. I want to be in the President's Club, which is 20 million. Okay. So I don't think that'll happen this year, but it could. And I never know. I'm um, reading Grant Cardone's uh, book, Something Obsessed or Obsessive. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it just Grant would tell you, just tell everyone it's going to happen. It's, yeah. It's so, going to happen. Yeah, it, okay. it is. It is. I, I got a, um, had a contest with uh, with Mike Smalley and Ben here. If I did a certain goal, I'd get a new office with a view. And I did that. You did, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I got to go. I mean, I don't care. I was in the. 
I don't care. I'm in the building. I don't care yeah. where I'm at. I can do loans from anywhere. But you kicked an old veteran cool. out of his office, then he quit. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah. You kicked a dude out of his office, Jimmy. Yeah. But you earned it. Yes. So yes. you you earned that office. Yep. And then, which is cool. So I want to do that and then um, get to the level that we've seen some of the, the, the past guests, Casey and Patrick. Mike Williams is in our story because he's came in on fire. But um, get to the comfortable level where I'm not worried about my monthly paychecks, where I have savings, where I have um second home possibly my wife is is sleeps comfortably at night because there's money in the bank and the kids and 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 really get into the the 20 30 million dollar mark as far as production is kind of what my short-term goal is okay yeah. very good what advice would you have for yourself looking back a year and a half ago as you're getting into the industry anything you wish you would have done more of you would have done less of or double down on so when i started doing cold calls it was still heavy refi okay and when i first got in the industry and i and i told realtors a little bit of a fib. I said, hey, um, you know, we've all been doing refi so long. I'm re-energizing my purchase business. Okay. And, I want to be, and no one was doing that. Right yeah. now they're doing it, but everyone was still on the refi train for obvious reasons. And I was able to snag quite a few top producing realtors because their loan officer had been absentee buried in refi files and um, press them with us and you know, that. So I would double down on that. I would oh, you, you would have doubled down because the market like the, the saying we use in, in mm -hmm. the business industry is take what the defense has given you. Mm -hmm. It's a football terminology. Mm -hmm. The defense was given you back in February, March, April, May of yep. last year. LOs were still hardcore in the refis. Mm -hmm. You don't have a past client database. You weren't hardcore in the refis. So you were calling realtors being like, hey, um, I'm Jimmy. I would love to service you and your, and your buyers. Yeah. And okay, so you wish you would have done more of that. Yep. And then um, I definitely have been put my blinders on for obvious reasons of rates and saying, I remember I told you the other day, I said, what does it matter what the rate is to me? Why do I care? And to a certain aspect of, I don't, because if rates are four and a half for me, they're four and a half for everybody else. Yep. Or, and there's still purchase volume. There's still, my first home was a six and it was an amazing rate. Yes. Yes. And, like, and you remember that. Yeah. Yes. Well, and you, you, cause you can't control what the market's going to do. No, no, you, you can't. You cannot control. And, Sure, you may be able to go to another lender and your company's offering five and a half and they're offering five and a quarter. Yeah, well, Hell, they may be offering five and an eighth, but here's what you don't know. Mm -hmm. What you don't know is what is their underwriting policies and procedures? Mm -hmm. We have people joining our company right now and their biggest issue was when they get a clear to close, mm -hmm. it wasn't a real clear to close. Mm -hmm. Their company had to have, has this hardcore quality control where basically the file gets re-underwritten after the underwriter gives the CTC mm -hmm. and they were having transactions not close on time, blow up in the last minute because something didn't pass a QC audit. Now loans need to be QC'd, but they should be QC'd at the same time they're being underwritten and all behind the scenes. That's right. It shouldn't happen after the fact where it's gonna blow up your transaction. That is right. The rescue and, loan I took was from one of them. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean. And, it's and, that thing. Yes, and, and it's one of those things that you have to understand as a loan officer, rates are rates are rates, but you need to be at the place that's gonna help you conduct your business yep. Yep. with regardless of what the rate market's doing. Mm -hmm. um, so you're doing a good job of that now, right? You're saying, look, I don't really care where rates are. It, it matters a little bit because someone that was qualified maybe six months ago, mm -hmm. if they were tight, well, rates jumping from four and a quarter to five and a half, yep. all of a sudden has priced them out of the market. And you may have lost one or two pre-approved buyers, mm -hmm. but in today's market, you have eight pre-approved buyers for only four homes on the market. So even if you lost two, you still have six pre-approved buyers yeah, exactly. for only four homes on the market. Yep. yep. And I just go back to like the, um, you know, we, we seven or eight dollars a month per eighth, hundred thousand sort of thing. And I'll say, hey, it's about fifty-six dollars a month per full point per hundred thousand. 
Yeah. So if we're buying a $200,000 house, it's $112 a month difference from four to five or five to six. Yep. So we're talking about your example was a quarter. That's $23 a month. Yeah. I mean, come on. I love you. I love you. are totally speaking my love language. Just yeah. doing that splitting, math in your head that splitting, way. Splitting hairs here over yeah. and over. Well, so then final, final thing I, so I would say is, is um, be, Patrick Shishayan was the motivation for this, be the student of the game, learn stuff. I'm just now starting to learn a lot of the yield curves and I watch watch bonds and coupons and the 4.0 or 2.5 and all those sort of things. And I don't know what that great to speak to mortgage lenders, but I can make a real nice presentation to uh, realtors. I did an uh, open house on Friday with two realtors and spoke to them very, very fluid, very easy to explain to them what rates you're doing and why they're moving, if possible recession, if this. Know that. That's what our job is. Be an advisor. Yes. Not an order taker. Be an advisor. Awesome. Um, any last minute parting shots? Because uh, JC's given me the the old watch. Hey, we're coming up on time. <laughs> um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Like yeah. you know, obviously, you and I have a working relationship. We're we're, we're friends. We're colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I've loved supporting you as you as you've launched your career. I look forward to supporting you as you continue to do so. Yep. But to the listeners who don't necessarily get to work in the office with you and I day to day, any any last minute advice that you'd have to them? Believe in yourself. Um, Again, go back to the the simple fact that they're not buying a mortgage or buying a home. Help them get the home. Awesome. If people want to contact you, are you open to that? Mm-hmm, absolutely. What's, what's, what do you prefer? Like, I prefer LinkedIn. If yep. you want to connect with me, Facebook is terrible. Yeah. LinkedIn is great. Instagram is way better than Facebook, but still not as good as LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. How would you want someone to reach out to you if if they just want to ask you a quick question or two? You know, probably email would be the best. Um, I have LinkedIn, but I, yep. I've been on it. You're one of those. Yep. That's good. That, <laughs> so, you know what? So was I until about two years ago, to be yeah, honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so was I until two years ago. And then I had a guest that actually challenged me yep. to become better. Yep. And I incorporated it as a habit. Yeah. Um, I, okay, so I, it's jnadu at waterstonemortgage.com. Yeah. Spell nadu for us. It's November Alpha Delta Echo Alpha Union. N A D e a u j nadu he's jimmy don't call him james unless he's in trouble yeah jimmy thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule away from closing loans and pre-approving borrowers and calling on realtors this is closing day outfit yeah closing this afternoon wearing his closing day outfit but he's jimmy nadu he is a rookie loan officer i'm dustin owen the host of the loan officer podcast this is all the time we have for you today check him out by emailing him check me out on linkedin check out the show on theloanofficerpodcast.com. We're on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you can find your podcast. And more importantly, share. Sharing is caring, and we want you to care about yourself as well as others. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.